No. What's your least favorite scary movie? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Oh. Big no-no, big no-no. <laughs> sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. Yeah. Woo! It's a sin factor. It's a sin. It's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. I'm getting another beer. Do you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. See, you push the laws and you end up dead, okay? I'll see you in the kitchen with a knife. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to What's Your Least Favorite Scary Movie, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the absurd, and all of our favorite and least favorite scary movies. Because we believe every horror movie rightfully has its fan base. Even if we don't always get it. My name is Travis. My name's Jesse, and it is finally time. It's finally time. It's finally time. We are going to be talking Scream. This is our new franchise, month by month. Over the next six months, we're going to go over it. Mm -hmm. And then when and if there's a seventh, we'll plop that on there, too. It'll get plopped yep. somewhere down the line. Yep. We did post our wrap-up episode on Halloween, said our farewell to Michael, and did our rating rankings of the series. Mm -hmm. That was posted on Sunday. Go take a listen to that. Not very long. Um, I think we spent more time uh, fucking with the pivot tables than we did. It's like 50-50. Yeah. <sighs> that, was, that was a serious battle with pivot tables, which you, yeah. you're usually like a big fan of. I'm starting I'm to- I'm good with them in Excel. It is fucking Google Sheets. That relationship may be tainted now. Google Sheets hmm. can suck my asshole. Ooh. Anyway. Okay. Travis. Yeah. Do we have poll results? We do. Okay. Um, what okay. was our poll again? Remind me. So our poll was for Frozen. Mm -hmm. And the question that we asked everybody was, what would you do if you were stuck on a ski lift? You know, like everybody in that movie. Yeah. So the four options were take the 50-foot plunge, climb the sharp cable wire, Kane Hodder saves me, and wait <laughs> it out for five days. So on Instagram, 11% would take the 50-foot plunge. Okay. 11% would climb the sharp cable wire. Okay. 67% Kane Hodder saves me. 11% <laughs> waited out. Okay. And on Twitter, 27% take the plunge. 9% climb the sharp cable wire. 55% Kane Hodder saves me. <laughs> <laughs> and 9% would wait it out. Okay. Um, listen, normally polls, like, there are opinions and they're all the right answers. This one, there there is a right answer and it's Kane, Kane Hodder saves, saves me. me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah. in that scenario. I think he would have seen, realistically. Well, yeah, realistically. But also, who doesn't want to be saved by Kane Hodder? Also that. It's just, I mean, if you have that option, just like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Okay. All so right. So that's our poll. Are All we right. ready? Are we ready? I'm so Let's excited. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Also, I'm, I'm happy that you didn't do the, um, what most people probably would have opened with, with what's your favorite scary movie, even though that's like, I mean. It would have also been very confusing with our What's your favorite scary music. movie? This is what's your least favorite scary movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 This week's movie. Scream! Yay! Released December 20th, 1996. 
this feel it's is this like a winter series like do they all come out in the winter we're spring we'll find out okay i guess we will yeah okay we watched it on our 4k but as of today in the u.s it is available for streaming on paramount plus youtube youtube tv premium or prime premium or you can rent it through google play voodoo or redbox okay this was written by kevin williamson directed by wes craven music by marco beltrami and the special effects makeup was by our favorites over at can oh really mm-hmm. oh that's cool yeah good job well and they had like a job too because they this is like super gory and so the original script and i'm gonna have more about this in the fun facts but there's like a lot of gore and they're like there's no way that we're gonna be able to get this made so they not only had to work with all of that but they also had the parts where they had to like make billy look like he was dead but fake dead but not too fake so that way he was so odd. like they did a really good job with it are you talking about like at the end mm-hmm. like when he like fake dead mm-hmm. dies okay yeah. okay yeah. okay starring nev campbell is sydney courtney cox is gail weathers David Arquette as Deputy Dewey, Skeet Ulrich as Billy, Matthew Lillard as Stu, Rose McGowan as Tatum, Jamie Kennedy as Randy, and Roger Jackson as The Voice. Oh, I love this cast. Yes, it's such a good cast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Budget or Bugtad? Um, I'm going to say budget. Yes. Uh, $14 million. Nice. With an opening box office of $6.3 million. But a worldwide gross of 173 million. God damn. Yes. So it's a decent opening, and then like it really just spread after yes. that. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Currently on IMDb, rated a 7.4 out of 10. I would have expected higher. And 7.4 is a good score. I'm just yes. saying, like this is, I think, now purely bona fide classic status. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that at least eight. (laughs) Okay. I picked three movies from 1996. Okay, I'm curious. I was entirely unsure what I was going to find because, like I said, it's kind of well known that Scream revived the genre. Yeah. So the first one is From Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, which, fun fact for me, I've always just known it as a vampire movie because I walked in on my biological father watching it when I was a child and it was right at the vampire part and that started a whole lifelong fear of vampires. My mom taught me <laughs> vampire lore from a very young age because she had to try and find a way to get me to fall asleep. So she was like, here's how you keep vampires away. Were you confused by the dick gun? Um, I don't remember how much of it I saw. I just remember <laughs> I saw vampires. I am 30 years old and I was confused by the dick gun. So when we watched it, you watched it for the first time last year, last year. And everybody was like, wait for the twist. And I was like, what's the twist? And so like we're tweeting along and I was like, oh, the twist is vampires. To me, it's always been a vampire movie. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I always knew that it was. I wasn't like, I mean, everybody fucking knows the twist of that movie. Even yeah. if you haven't really watched it, like, you know, from dusk till dawn. But that's a fun movie. I like it a lot. Yeah, so that premiered January 19th, 1996. Okay. Had a budget of $19 million. Wow. That they had that Clooney money. Yeah, I forget Clooney's in it. Yeah. And Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Oof. Tarantino playing an absolute creep. 
Yeah, I wasn't. I was not prepared <laughs> for how creepy he was going to be. In that well, that movie. was the real twist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it though? <laughs> uh, worldwide gross of twenty five million. Okay. Wow. Uh, I wish it made more. Well, it is. I guess you could say it's a cult classic because its IMDb rating is seven point two. It is, and like it spawned sequels and like a series, so it did well. I guess. Here, second movie. Okay. Mars Attacks. Whoa, whoa. Okay. That's like a... I'm trying to think. That's like like a horror comedy, right? Yeah, Tim Burton. Is that so, Tim Burton? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I never really thought of that as like a horror movie. Is it? Eh, just, I went with it. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it's, uh, it, was in my, it was in my heart when I saw it. Fine. We'll chalk it up as horror adjacent. It came out the week before Scream, so December 13th. Okay. Budget of seventy million. Seventy million. Yes. Who the fuck gave them seventy million for that? Uh, worldwide gross of one hundred and one million. Well, it did okay. Currently sitting at a six point four out of ten. You know, I haven't watched that movie in a long, long time. I don't even know if I've ever like sat down and watched it from start to finish. I've just seen Truly parts of the same. Yeah, yeah. All right, and the third movie is one I have not seen. But it's based on a Stephen King book. Okay. Thinner. Okay. So that was released October 25th, 1996. Bugged Head, $8 Bugged Head, okay. That's and, a high bugged head, though. Yeah. Uh, worldwide gross of $15 million. IMDb rating of 5.8 out of 10. Okay, not too bad. What was like a... Were there a lot of big releases in 96? Or are these like the biggest that you could find? Um... I mean, those were the ones that stood out the most to me in terms of like our interests. Okay. Uh, Tremors two also came out that oh, year. Oh, okay. Well, so okay, cool. Um, I feel and like then, we just talked about. Well, no, we talked about three. The other so normally when I do this, like I'll Google like nineteen ninety six horror movies and like mm-hmm. get a list from there, and then I go to IMDb, and I almost got to put a trauma one on here, except its official release was in nineteen ninety seven when oh, I went to go pull it up. Which one? That made me sad. Tromeo and Juliet. That's James Gunn. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. We're we're on James Gunn's phone somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so weird. Okay, uh, this is another screenshot of taglines. Oh, a lot of them. Yes. Okay. Um, I wrote the one that's on the poster on IMDb down. It's one of those that feels like a twofer. Okay. Someone has taken their love of scary movies one step too far. Solving this mystery is going to be murder. That does feel like two different. It does. But I like the uh, someone's taking scary movies uh, a step too far. I think that's good. That's okay. I feel like it could have been, there could have been some editing there. I guess so. You can maybe tweak it, but I mean, it drives home the point. I like it. Okay. A new thriller from Wes Craven. (laughs) Oh, Okay. (laughs) Sure, I mean, yeah, that that probably gets people excited. Someone is playing a deadly game. Someone who has seen way too many scary movies. That one's okay, too. I like that. Yeah, it's okay. Name the killer, December 20th. <laughs> I feel like they're pulling on that for the current one with their whole guess who thing. Yeah, I feel like that's um that's kind of like now a thing because like, the whole part of the fun is finding out who it is. I want to know who put this next one on here because they comma spliced the shit out of it. He's taken his love of fear one step 
too far. <laughs> Dramatic pauses. I like it. <laughs> Solving this mystery is going to be murder. I like that on its own. Uh, that's okay. I'll be right back. Is that one? Yeah. <laughs> don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to escape. Mm, I feel like you should yeah, try to don't, escape. Yeah, don't answer the door. Don't answer the phone. But yeah, try to yeah, escape. Please, yeah, get, please get, get, get out, out of the out house. Of yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that is the one on the poster. That we've already covered this one. Make your last breath count. Mm. For like the, the title of it being scream, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not bad. That's pretty good. N- now someone is victim and someone is a suspect. No. Now <laughs> someone is victim <laughs> and someone is suspect. <laughs> From the first name in suspense comes the last word in fear. That's okay. Is scream the last word in fear? <laughs> I guess. Okay. We already covered this one. Now everybody is a victim and everybody is a suspect. That's okay. That, That's I like good. that one. That one's a better like punch up from the one before. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. All right, not too bad. They yeah. uh, there's a mixed bag there, but some of them yeah. I, like, I like the scary movie ones the most. Yeah. I mean, I like that's really the these people are just fucking obsessed with scary movies. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't have minded uh, movies don't make psychos more creative, or movies don't create psychos, movies make psychos more creative. That, that would be an amazing tagline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the story was inspired by the true events of the Gainesville Ripper. Kevin Williamson was reading about that and the house he was staying in, he had found an open window. So he got like real freaked Ooh, out. Creepy. Yeah. And then he like he basically wanted to write a horror movie that he would want to see. Okay. Um, so like he was like just not really feeling the current trend of the genre, I guess. Yeah, like he really wanted to feel something different with it again. He was very much influenced by Halloween. So Okay. Uh this was originally titled Scary Movie. Ah. That's probably a well known trivia fact, yeah. but um they didn't change it until very close to the end, to the point that some of the gifts for cast and crew had the original title of Scary Movie on Whoa, it. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Weinsteins are involved in this. Oh, yeah. And it was one of their suggestions to change it because they wanted to also capture the humor and satire that was involved. So scream, like, it's going to be a scream, but also, like, scream because you're afraid i think it's funny that they take scary movie and then it's like purely like comedy i mean it's not pure comedy but it's like that's the main focus yeah (laughs) Yeah. so kevin williamson also had outlines for two potential sequels so number two and number three already from the Mm -hmm. Mm get-go wow okay miramax wanted to remove a lot of the gore they forced a lot of it to be removed but when craven came on he got a lot of it put back in because he's fucking Wes Craven. Yeah. And he also convinced, because Kevin Williamson wanted to cut the scene with Sydney in the bathroom, saying that it felt like it was tonally out of place. And Craven was like, no, this is really important to like developing her character and some of the stuff going on with her mom. And it ended up being a really good inclusion. So he didn't write that? They like He did write it. Oh, but okay. when they were like going over everything, he was like, I think we should cut this scene. Okay. Um... The principal Hembry's death 
was not originally in the script. So when they were reviewing it, they got through 30 pages, realized that there hadn't been a death, and they're like, okay, we need to add something in there. So they added in Principal Henry's death, which also solved a problem later in the script of how they're going to get a majority of the party to leave, like give them a good reason to all go running out at once. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So they never like really figured out why they were all going to leave? Nope. They huh. hadn't had it all settled yet, so that kind of tied up that loose end. You could do it. I mean, I like how it all ties in like that, but really to get a bunch of high schoolers out of the house to like somewhere else, it doesn't have to be complicated. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> um, they couldn't decide between having a motive or having no motive because Kevin Williamson was like, well, it's important to like understand the motives of a care of a killer, but also it's kind of scary when there isn't a motive. And the whole crew was kind of split on it too. And so then having two killers, they're like, it works out because, you know, Billy actually has a real motive and Stu's just kind of there. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that does work. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because they like they talk about it in the movie too. Same thing with Billy. So Drew Barrymore was originally cast to play Sydney, mm -hmm. but then she had some unexpected scheduling conflicts. So they decided to just keep her in for that opening kill, which is now iconic. Yeah. And then Wes Craven had seen Nev Campbell in Party of Five, thought that she would be able to bring like a good innocence to it. She was kind of unsure because she'd just gotten done with the craft and she was like, I don't know if I want to do more horror movies. But she came in, read for the part, got the role, and she's a big fan of Sidney Prescott as a character. Yeah, she's kind of um, like protective of the character. Speaking of original castings, they'd brought in David Arquette to read for Billy, but when he was reading the parts, he liked Deputy Dewey. They weren't sure because Deputy Dewey was written as hunky in the script, but uh, Wes Craven liked like his sensitivity and humor that no, he brought to the role. <laughs> That's the right call. I don't yeah. think I could see him. Oh, as absolutely Billy. not. And that might just be me like seeing him always as Dewey. But he like he's the perfect Dewey though. He is. Yeah. It's it's not. That's I'm glad that Wes Craven made that call. Uh, principal photography went from April fifteenth to June eighth. Craven was adamant about shooting in America, even though they really wanted to shoot in Vancouver, so it would have saved about a million dollars, but they wanted it to feel truly American. Okay. And then the mask wasn't specified in the script, like what it would look like. It just said that there was a mask. So they were trying to figure out a good one. KNB came up with a lot of different prototypes. They'd found one that was like on a set of Shadow of a Doubt, I think. And he really liked that. However, it was, like, licensed to this company called Fun World. So they were trying to, like, create something similar that wasn't so similar that it would be a copyright issue. And they couldn't land on anything that they liked. And eventually Craven was like, please just contact Fun World and see if they'll let us use the mask. <laughs> yeah, it's an iconic mask at this point. Yeah. So those are all the fun facts I gathered. Okay. I was trying not to pull the same ones that, you know, you hear a lot. Even yeah. though I did pull up the scary movie thing, but that's because they had to lead into the how late in the game it was changed. That is cool. I didn't know about that. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm just really excited. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about your your opinions on this first though. Okay. Um so yeah, this is one that um kind of like what you were saying before, it um like how it shaped your view of horror as a kid growing up. It kind of did the same for me. I have a very vivid memory of um one day we went to the movie rental store and I was like a little kid and I rented Bomberman 64 to go play. And my mom and dad rented Scream to watch. 
and I like walked in to the living room just for whatever reason and I remember seeing the opening of the movie play out and I got fucking terrified I, like I ran back to my bomber man but like that kind of uh that jolted that initial interest in like being creeped out by stuff like that awoken something it did Travis and like from there I think that's where my obsession started and uh, also like I found Halloween around that time too so it all kind of like snowballed from there so yeah this movie it uh Especially at the time, like I know now, it's like it's hard to understand the impact today of how it wasn't like even for myself. I can't even say that I I can truly speak to that because I was like a kid. I didn't really know the climate of the genre at the time. Yeah, but I respect what it did, and I think that you can still see the impact that it did or that it had on the genre. Um, so I think that that's what it did good. It did good at um like poking fun at the genre while also making a compelling and scary movie at the same time. Um, the bad for this? Um, I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry. Like this is the second week in a row that I'm like, I'm, I'm blanking on it. Like I, it's some movies. It's hard to pick a bad. Okay. What's I guess, I guess my, I guess my bad would be, um, I think it's really stupid that they have Ghostface like running around in public in full costume and nobody's saying anything and he's stalking these two girls. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's something that would be, especially when people are on high alert and everybody's looking out for that person in that mask because they have it like plastered all over the news. I think that that's kind of like a, uh, I, I think that it's building, it's trying to build something in the movie to like, it's creepy watching them get stalked, but at the same time, like it just doesn't really make sense that it would work. But okay. even then, it's kind of being nitpicky because okay. I mean, I still appreciate those scenes. Um, the ugly, I think it's easy to like pick that. Like the whole Weinstein involvement is pretty. It, it sucks that they have like such a uh, an involvement. Yeah. In a lot of movies a that everybody lot loves, of yeah, it sucks. You can't really escape it. Uh, you can't I guess you can't really let it hurt your enjoyment but you can still call out like you said it's an opportunity to like remind people that they're shit bags yeah and uh the absurd mm, that uh that fucking kill with Tatum and the uh, garage door like how the fuck does that thing even hold support like a person going all the way up and then like it manages to snap her neck yeah, like it, that's it's fair. it's kind of a reach, but I still love the kill. But even then, it's just like for this to play out the way it did, a lot of things have to go right. Like if you ran this in a simulation, how many times would this happen? <laughs> it wouldn't be very often. Uh, so yeah, I uh, I think this movie is amazing. It's one of my favorites. I think that this easily gets a ten. Okay. Um, I'm also gonna say ten. 10 out of 10, easy. No debates there for me on that. So this movie, I've talked about this before. So Halloween was the movie that got me really into horror. It was the first horror movie that I watched all the way through intentionally. Mm-hmm. Jason Takes Manhattan is what taught me how I could enjoy horror. Mm-hmm. And then my mom was like, all right, I think you're ready. My mom, there are certain things that my mom considers sacred, and she like she's not just gonna throw it at you. 
Um, it was the same with Ben and Jerry's ice cream. She wanted to wait for me to have a more developed palate. She was like, I want to wait till you can appreciate the artistry that went into this. Okay. And she was like, now that like you're not just afraid and you can have fun and you can see some of the tropes and you can understand all of this, I think you're really ready to watch and appreciate Scream. So how old do you think you were when this happened? I don't fucking remember. Okay. At middle school or high school. Oh, wow. That late? Okay. Yeah. I was watching this shit in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it was truly game changing for me. The way that they were aware of horror movies because like you know when you watch a horror movie sometimes you're like girl don't you watch scary movies do not go in that room like mm-hmm. go, don't do this don't do that you're always shouting at the screen what you should and shouldn't do and the fact that the characters are so aware of this and then you know they either avoid those tropes or they go into them because they're like whatever this is real life this isn't a scary movie and yeah. i think it's so clever how it's done and I think that they don't just like hit you in the face with exposition, even though there's a lot there. They sprinkle it in throughout the movie. I just, I think it's just so well done. The cast is stellar. Yeah, that's amazing. This cast. It, the soundtrack is amazing. The mm-hmm. mu- the original music that goes with it, really good. I was paying a lot more attention to it last night. It's really effective how it's done. Um, there's certain music cues that happen whenever Ghostface is on screen, and I noticed that they were happening whenever Billy would pop up too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't pay attention to yeah. that. Wow, that's yeah. cool. So I, I just, God, it is, it's a classic for a reason, you know? Right. Um, the bad, I really don't think I have a bad for it. I know it's tough honestly. to pick one. It really is. Like. It, maybe some of it is a little bit unrealistic. The speeds they do some of the stuff, you yeah. know, but there are two of them. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to like imagine it, but then when you actually start to think of it, you're like, well, it's feasible. Yeah. You can make it work. Um, The ugly. Uh, fuck Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. And then the absurd. Absurd in the best possible way. Matthew Lillard <laughs> chews up, swallows it, spits it back up, chews it back up again. He is amazing. He is. He is. I like. He is. Oh, I'm never gonna be mad about seeing him on screen. Yeah, man. It just like I love that he goes all out on this one right here, but it sucks that like, and he's done in one. Like, yeah. If he like had the opportunity to be like a recurring character. Like uh, yeah. like Randy, you know, it yeah. would have been cool, but it's fine. You know, he he played his part and he played it well. He did. I appreciate him for it. He did. And I was reading he was also kind of accidentally cast in the Stumacher role because he was with a then girlfriend who was auditioning in the same building. Casting producers saw him, asked him to come read for this role. He was originally supposed to come in and audition for Billy, but he just fucking killed it. And they were like, please be Stu. <laughs> and so he was too good at being Billy that they wanted him to be Stu? No, he killed it with Stu. He oh. was originally supposed to come in and audition for Billy at some oh, point. Oh, okay, but I see. But he I ended see. up in the building. They were like, come read for Stu real quick. And he just killed it. Yeah. No, he's he's a good Stu. He is perfect yeah. for it. I couldn't picture him as Billy. I don't think he could bring the right kind of like menace to That's it. what I'm thinking too. Because I'm trying to think like if, if they had swapped, if Skeet was... Uh, uh, he would be Stu? like the creepy friend. You know yeah, what I that's mean? What I'm like saying. it would and be, and then 
Stu wouldn't have like he would be like the over the top kind of creepy. Yeah, it would just it doesn't it doesn't work the other way in my mind. No, no, it's the it way that they got it. Changes the movie. They got it right. Yeah, the, man, there's like so many like it could have gone completely wrong. Yeah, had they not like readjusted some of these people. I but, like it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. You ready to do this? Yes. So the movie opens up with one of the best cold opens of all time. Yes. That could easily function as a short film and be just as effective, but it's a fucking punch and gets us right to the story. Yeah, I can only like, I wish I could go back in time and watch this for the first time again, not knowing what all happens because it's a fucking roller coaster. Yeah. So we see this girl, Casey Becker. She is in her house. She gets a call. And it's a wrong number. So she's like, sorry, wrong number. Hangs up. Gets a call again. And he's and she's like, same number. And he's like, whoops, guess I dialed the wrong number again. And she goes, so why'd you call? He goes, because I want to talk. And she's like, there's 900 numbers for that. Bye. Like, she's cute. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's cute. She's witty. She's Drew Barrymore. So she's adorable automatically. All right. Um, She gets a third call. And then he's like asking her what her plans are. And. Do you have a boyfriend? And is he getting you good and plenties? Or you like good and plenties? And she's, uh, you know, she's having some fun with it. She's saying that she's going to watch a scary movie. Um, no, I don't have a boyfriend. Like, Yeah, and uh, Halloween is her favorite. Yeah. Which I think that that's Kevin Williamson maybe injecting a little bit of himself into the character. Yeah. Um, and she's, and he says, what's your name? And she goes, why do you want to date me? And he goes, no, I want to know who I'm looking at. <gasps> and right as soon as he says that, you can hear dogs barking outside. Yeah. Which is a fucking nightmare. Ooh, Ooh I got, I got goosebumps yeah, talking about it's it. Just, it's, it's a it's fucking so creepy scary. line. <laughs> so she hangs up and she goes around and she's like locking some doors, checking out the windows. Fourth call, she immediately hangs up. Fifth call, she goes, listen, asshole. And he goes, no, you listen, asshole. And then he like lists like some terrible fucking things he's going to do to her. Mm -hmm. It reveals that uh, he knows that she has a boyfriend, that she was lying yeah. earlier. And has a name. It's Steve. Mm -hmm. And tells her to check the back patio. And then she turns again. on the lights. Yeah, again. <laughs> and uh, Steve is tied up out there in a chair. And she's about to go out there. And he says, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I wouldn't call the police. We're going to play a game. Precursor so, to Jigsaw. What was the other movie that we said clearly inspired Jigsaw? Uh, fuck. Uh, Sleepaway Camp 2. That's what it was. Because yeah. of the morality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's a big fan of Scream, and he's a big fan of Sleepaway Camp 2. <laughs> Got the VHSs mm -hmm. on his desk there. And, yep. Uh, he, he watched those as he was making his plans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... He's like, it's going to be easy. The The category is scary movies. You like scary movies. And uh, he asks her a question about Halloween. And, and then as he does that, the score starts playing the Halloween theme song. Yes. It's again, like I said, the original music on this movie is really great. It is. It's 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 awesome. Uh, so, yeah. Name the killer in Halloween. Obvious. But that was it. just the warm up. It didn't do anything. Now it's on to the real first round. And it's who's the killer in Friday the 13th. Ooh. And she's very confident. Jason, Jason, Jason. Listen, asshole. I saw that movie 20 goddamn times. It's Jason Voorhees. And like a real nerd, 
He says, well, if you really knew the movie, then you know Mrs. Voorhees was the killer in the original Friday the 13th. Uh, he ain't wrong. Well, he's a little bit wrong because he says Jason doesn't appear until the sequels, but we do see Jason pop up at the end of the first one. Yeah, that's like, I mean, the Jason that we know, he doesn't really show up till the sequels. Like, <laughs> you know, Jason's not normally like a muddy little boy. <laughs> uh, Manhattan would like to speak to you. Okay, he's a, he's a muddy little boy in a part of that <laughs> I should have known the Manhattan expert would call me out on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, he's like, don't worry, you get one more round, but it's too late for Steve. And then he just like eviscerates all of his tummy organs. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're all over the patio. That's not going to wash out easily. No, it is not. So then her final question is, it's the what round. door am I at? Oof. <laughs> Which, okay, the obvious answer is the back door. Yeah, right, because he just killed him. Yeah, and she's, all of these kids, this is clearly, Woodsboro is clearly a wealthy town. My God, everybody has an amazing house in this movie. It's kind of insane. Yeah. So she, she's like, I won't, I won't answer, I can't. So a chair gets thrown through a door, and we get this chase scene. The popcorn that's been popping on the stovetop is burning, the smoke detector's going off. This is the moment where I walked in after playing Bomberman. <laughs> I, that's when I was like, oh, shit, what's happening? Uh, yeah, and then she sees him running through the uh, through the house. He's He looks fucking scary. He looks like a ghost. Yeah. Like, he's got, like, the like a robe and then, like, the big, long mask. It's very unsettling. She manages to get outside, and while she's sneaking along beside the house, he pops up at one of the windows, breaks through the window, she punches him in the face with the phone. Yeah, and before that, she saw that her parents were coming down the road, so she was trying to like get to them. But he gets out there and he stabs her right in the heart. Mm -hmm. And this, God, her crawling up there, trying so hard, trying to scream for her mom, breaks my heart. I've had sleep paralysis like this before, where I've been like, you can't talk. I like. Well, no, specifically like trying to call out to my mom, oh, trying really? to crawl to her. Oh, that, yeah, that's yeah, that's like uh, instinctual stuff right there. God, they got very lucky that they managed to like crush something in her neck to keep her from talking because like these guys are not very competent killers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they get the job done, but I, that's not planned. And they, like, if she would have been able to speak, their whole thing would have been blown up right there. And that's one of my favorite things about this franchise, too, is that the Ghostface killers are so fucking clumsy. It's like something about the mask. Like when you put that on, it must be the way that the Gravity eye holes are. stops. I think it's the eye holes because they're so misshapen. They're like, <laughs> I can't fucking see. And they're just tripping around everything the entire time. It's got to be something. It's everybody. Her parents come in to the house and they see what a wreck everything is and they're immediately like they're like oh god casey and they're trying to find her they want to call the police but they hear her like dying on the phone and he's like all right you drive down to the mckenzie's um and and use their phone i don't know if the mckenzie's is in this or halloween um <laughs> <laughs> yeah whatever if it, it could be both i could see it being a callback but that right there is like nightmare fuel for a parent poor yeah she's just like not my daughter yeah. and it like god it makes me so sad talking about this opener it's it's a bummer and she opens the front door and screams and we see casey's body hanging from the tree that like close up like when it goes up to her body the way it's like so disjointed it's like really freaky and yeah then it just cuts to black like that's the fucking opening uh, 
it's it's kind of crazy. It sets the tone really well. Yeah. So we cut to Sydney in her room in her little nightgown, and her greasy, greasy boyfriend crawls in through the window. And of course, this startles her because why is her greasy, greasy boyfriend climbing in through the window? So she screams. Her dad tries to come in. Luckily, she's a teenager, so she was already being kind of sneaky mm-hmm. and had the door <laughs> so that way he wouldn't be able to just get in. He seems it seems like maybe she doesn't have a lock on the door. Probably not. Maybe they she, don't have yeah. one. I don't know. Um, red flag for Billy here. He's like, I was watching The Exorcist, and it just kind of got me a little horny. Yeah. I just wanted to come over. Like, There's nothing horny about The Exorcist. It's like a child being possessed and like pissing yeah. and shitting and vomiting everywhere. It's, yeah. And like fucking priests. No. Nah. Yeah. It's, it's like the it should like make you yeah. never want to have sex ever. You shouldn't be any more flaccid than what you are when <laughs> you're watching tracks. The Exorcist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's you, there's erect flaccid in the pool inside and The you. Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Billy, no, he's like fucking rock solid right now. Yeah, he's like, I and just watched The Exorcist. Want to fuck? <laughs> he and the way that he goes about, he's he's having a serious conversation about the relationship with her, but he's doing it in the cringiest way possible, which I guess is accurate for high schoolers. But he's you talking know he in movie. He was so. Cool I know. Up with this analogy. He's like, we we started off kind of rated R, and then we started going a little NC seventeen. But now I think we're a little bit PG. We're edited for TV. Yeah, all the good stuff's cut out. Which also, like, fuck you, Billy. First of all, you're teenagers. Second of all, there's more to a relationship than just sex. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and they're he, not like they've only been dating a year. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially in high school. Like, what the just get over yourself. You yeah, stop watching yeah. The Exorcist. <laughs> Maybe he got confused. Maybe he was watching The Sexorcist. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So um, he leaves. We hear that Sydney's ta- dad is going out of town for work for the next few days. He's got an expo he's got to go to. I Here's the problem is that this and Scary Movie are so intertwined that like it's so i'm like wait what does her dad do he doesn't sell drugs is he shady like (laughs) yeah they really do go like (laughs) hand in hand and like it's almost like a beat for beat in scary movies sometimes so okay like they um they settle on pg-13 relationship yeah and like he like leaves um next it cuts to woodsboro high yeah, there's a ton of news vans and police cars outside of the school, and Tatum is just filling Sydney in on everything. She's like, yeah, Casey Becker and Steve Worth got butchered last night, uh, Dewey said, because her brother, Dewey, he's deputy. Um, she's like, he said that they haven't seen a scene as bad as this since, well, well you let's know. just say it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of like what you're saying before, I like that this is like they're dropping little subtle hints that like something fucked up might have happened to Sid. Yeah. And like, you know, it's just not like full on blast. And you're like, yeah, your mother died. Like his yeah, dad. Yeah. Remember how when your mother was brutally murdered last yeah, year? <laughs> her dad could have easily said that earlier. It's like, yeah. well, I heard you scream and I just want to check because your mom got really murdered. <laughs> <laughs> like really, really murdered. Super murdered. <laughs> I wasn't here. You were. You saw it all. You, you saw know, it. You yeah. know. <laughs> Cotton weary. Why is his name Cotton? <laughs> <laughs> what is the state of his clothing? Why is it all weary? And why was he wearing that jacket? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so they're questioning like all of the students and faculty, and when Sid gets in there, it's her turn again. They're like, this Sydney Prescott, daughter of Maureen Prescott. <laughs> Speaking of cast, this is somebody that we didn't bring up before, but fucking Henry Winkler yeah. as the principal. I love it. He's good. He's a, he's just a good addition. Yeah, he's he brings the right level of camp to this like minor character. He fucking gets it. Like yeah. it's got the seriousness to it, but also like he like he even he's just playing with a mask later on in the movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's like he's just nice. Yeah. Him over on the intercom. Remember, your principal loves you. He seems like he would be the cringy type of principal to yeah, say something definitely. like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we see the friend group having a discussion by the fountain. Did your school have a fountain? Never. Mine had a lopsided picnic table under a tree. Well, that's close. <laughs> <laughs> I did not grow up in a Woodsboro, okay? Not no. fancy houses and school fountains all over the place. <laughs> So they're all like talking about how their interrogations went and the guys were all asked about hunting. So they start like arguing, but like it takes a man to do something like that. She was cut open. Yeah. (laughs) And then Sydney, like very obviously asking a rhetorical question, like, how can you do that to somebody? And And Stu's like, well, see. Here's you, what uh, you do. You cut them from uh, the bottom and all the way up to the sternum, and then <laughs> Billy's like, "Fucking stew, shut up!" Like you can, like looking back at this scene, you can see so many times because he's like trying to rein stew in because it's like Stu's like, "I didn't kill her." And he's like, "Nobody said you did." Like he's Thanks, just like, "Buddy," yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. Like yeah. you, you can appreciate it a little bit after watching it. Yeah, we find out that Stu and Casey dated briefly. Yeah, um, which, okay, something that I'm kind of wanting to do while we're doing this, like, figure out who killed who and who's who in which scenario. So that was Stu that killed Casey for sure. I feel like it was him on the phone because of the way he was, like, talking. It was very much, like, his verbal patterns. You think like, so? Yeah, because there were a couple of things that he would, like, say where he would, like, a little bit flourish in his lines. Well, if that's, and there are times where that's, it's like that, but fucking credit to the guy that voices him. Oh, Mr. yeah. Mr. Uh, Mojo Jojo. Yes, I can't believe it's fucking Mojo Jojo that voice is. Um, I, love I love it. I love it. Um, so Sydney is going to stay with Tatum while her dad's gone. She was just like, you know, with the police and the news, it's like deja vu all over again. And Tatum's like, I'll pick you up after practice. Should be around seven. She watches the news a little bit while she's waiting. And this is where we get a little bit more of the backstory because Gail Weathers is talking about Maureen Prescott. Um how yeah. she was brutally raped and murdered just a year prior. And then we cut to like, a, we see a picture of Sydney and her mom together. They cast that really well. They did. They, they yeah. looked very There's similar. There's a resemblance. I also think that um, the casting for Hank, Billy's dad, I think that they yeah. really looked really good together. They too. did, yeah. <laughs> those, those are the only parents we see in this. <laughs> uh, we briefly see uh, Mrs. Riley. Who's Mrs. Riley? Tatum and Dewey's mom. Do oh yeah, we do. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So Sydney ends up falling asleep while she's waiting, and she wakes up to a phone call. It's past seven. Tatum's like, "Sorry, I practice ran late. I'm gonna stop by the video store and pick us up a couple of movies." Um. And Sydney's like, "Please just hurry. It's dark, and my house is huge." 
<laughs> I have so many windows. Dude, no, never like, have there been as many windows since Mandy. That though, that like shot of her waking up in like in total darkness. Like when you do that in your house, it's so disorienting. It is, and it's kind of creepy. Like oh yeah. shit, like what could have changed? Yeah. Uh, so she gets another call, and this time it's Ghostface, but she thinks it's Randy, which I think is hilarious that everybody throughout the rest of this movie, the first time they encounter Ghostface, they're like, all right, Randy. Yeah, and it's funny. Like Randy's like, he's right from the beginning. He's like, it's Billy, because he has like all this reasoning, but everyone's like, it's fucking Randy. Like, yeah. Randy's a guy that loves like scary movies, and I guess he's the prankster out of all of them. Yeah, and uh, she's like, okay, so where are you? And he's like, your front porch. And she's like, all right, I call your bluff. She goes out there. He's not out there. And she's like, mm hmm, that's what I thought. And when she gets back inside, uh oh, Ghostface is coming out of the closet. Mm -hmm. And this is where it's fun because she said that she didn't like horror movies because, you know, he asked the, what's your favorite scary movie? She's like, you know, I don't watch that crap because it's like some big breasted girl running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. Well, she just got herself into a position where she can easily get out the front door, so yep. she ends up running up the stairs. That's cool that they do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, do you think that they were actually going for the kill here, or is this just to like fuck with her a little bit? I think it was to fuck with her a little bit because I, I guess they kind of do have their opportunities here, but they mm -hmm. are still kind of bumbling around here. Like Sid wins that initial fight, that encounter. Like knocks him down a couple of times, and then he does have her pinned down. But she, I think, she still wins and manages to escape. Well, and I think they didn't assume that she would fight back that hard. Yeah, I think they're like, oh, we'll just go in there and we'll scare her, but we'll pull back the last second. And then and she like, like fought <laughs> back, and they're like, whoa, Jesus Christ! I guess it would have been cool to like see some bruises on like Billy and Stu yeah. throughout because they get like banged up from like all these yeah. encounters. They fall down a lot of stairs. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, they uh, chase all the way upstairs. She manages to do uh, that door trick mm -hmm. to that door. And uh, she gets on the computer and uses like um, it's like a calling system for deaf callers. So she calls 911 and then the police are on their way right as Billy pops up in the window. And she's Oof. like, Billy, he's here. The killer's in the house. And he's like, it's OK. I'm here now. Then a cell phone drops out. Sketchy. Sketchy. And so Sydney is like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she backs up and she runs downstairs. And this is also like a moment because, like, why the fuck was Dewey standing there holding the mask? I don't the know. <laughs> I boy, she, was his plan. She opens the door and she screams, and then Dewey screams, <laughs> and we're all screaming. Yeah. <laughs> Scream. <laughs> Just cut the credits right there. <laughs> Okay, so where am I at with this? So they, so uh, Tatum they are, gets there. Yeah, they arrest Billy because mm -hmm. obviously he like he's the suspect. It's pretty clear that it's him. Yeah, uh, we get some sibling. I love watching Tatum interact with Dewey in front um, of everybody. Like this is like where the true humor for the movie comes for me because he. Uh, She's, he's over there checking on her, and she's like, Sid's going to stay with us tonight. He's like, does mom know? And he's like there in uniform, like doing like his debrief thing and everything. Like, mom said when I'm in this uniform, treat me like an officer of the law. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love it. He does an amazing job. At the police station, they can't find Sid's dad. He never checked into the hotel he was supposed to stay in, and so they're checking other hotels in the area. Billy is being held until they can get phone records. 
Um, and Tatum's like, all right, we're ready to go, Dewey. And he's like, well, we've got to finish this up. She goes, now, doofus. And he goes, my superior officers are here. And she's like, the janitor's your superior. Everybody in the background is going, whoa. Yeah, they're all laughing. Yeah, oh, Dewey does not have good credit there. No, he doesn't. He just got just fucking dismantled by his sister. Yeah. High school sister, too. He's 25 years old. Yeah. Poor boy. So they're going to take... He's going to take them out the back way, take them home. Um, Gail, being the sharp reporter she is, decides, oh, there must be a back way out. So she wants to try and get an exclusive with Sid because she is predatory. Mm -hmm. And when she gets around the back, um, Sydney's like, oh, how's the book going? And Gail's like, oh, it's going to be out later this year. Sydney's like, can't wait to read it. Gail says, Oh, I'll send you a copy. And Sydney just fucking punches Boom. her. And then I love this is like one of my favorite scenes of all time. It was just Tatum afterwards going, I'll send you a copy. Bam, bitch went down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So they're, you know, Tatum's really impressed with that moment. And then this is where you kind of see where some of their friendship is. Like, yeah. They, they bring out different sides to each other. Yeah. Uh, they're in there just kind of hanging out in her room. Dewey comes by. To like try and be like the protective cop man, you yeah. know, big authority in the house. And I think. Well, I think there's also like a sense of like a surrogate big brother feeling. Too. I get that. Yeah, sense from them. Yeah, uh, like Sid's kind of like family, and I guess we don't really know the dynamic there, but it's kind of cool to see him be protective over her. Mm-hmm. Um, then she gets a phone call. Yeah. So she goes to answer it, and it ends up being Ghostface. Yeah, and he's like, "Looks like you fingered the wrong guy again." So we're still getting, still getting bits and pieces, little mm, tasty mm-hmm. morsels of yeah. this underlying story. So the next morning, the news is talking about Cotton Weary. Some He's awaiting right his hand. sentencing. Yes, um, and they say that Sydney was the key witness for her mom's murder the year prior. Um, Billy's. Phone record came back clean, so Dewey lets Sydney know that he's been released. Um, speaking of the exorcist, we get a cameo from Linda Blair here. Yes. She's one of the reporters trying to get a quote from Sydney. Yeah. Um, so Sydney goes to talk to Gail, who is the book she's writing is about her mom's murder. And she was like, It was the hottest court case last year. If I didn't write a book on it, somebody was going to. And she's like, But it had to be you with all of your lies and bullshit theories. She's like, Let me ask you something. Has Cotton's story changed once? And Gail says, No, it hasn't. He says that he had sex with your mom. He was drunk. He left his jacket. Somebody planted it in his car, framing him. And she's like, you're not so sure anymore, are you? Knowing like how this plays out down the line in the later movies, or I mean, I guess like in the end of this too, like where we know that that's the truth. I think that gives her more credibility. She's not like some kind of like a like schlocky news reporter. Yeah, she's not making shit up. She's not like opportunistic. She's actually like she is opportunistic. She is, but but, I think that she's actually trying to do good. She's trying to be a good journalist. I don't think she's doing it to maybe like benefit off of the misfortune of others. I think she's actually wanting to tell the true story and get like the correct information out there. Um so we see some disrespectful shitheads running down the hall in ghost face masks. Sydney runs into Billy, who still has no emotional intelligence of any sort. God, he's so fucking dumb. He's here. like, when my mom left my dad, I got over it. And Sydney was like, 
<laughs> she says, is your brain leaking? <laughs> yes. Your mom left town. She's not lying in a coffin somewhere. This guy is just fucking stupid. He's like, yeah, it's been a year. Why are you not over it yet? Why haven't you blown me? And not only, even that, like, it's a Why day. Why are you not sucking my <laughs> dick right now? It's one day from the anniversary. The one year anniversary would be a super sensitive day for, like, anybody. Yeah. Except for psychopaths. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... The Fonz is crossing probably some professional boundaries in this moment. Um, listen, as a human, I like the way he's ta- he's talking down to these kids because mm-hmm. they were being really disrespectful. And yeah, they're kids, but also like you learn human decency pretty, pretty late. Yeah, like yeah, it's... you're you're figuring things. I mean, it is pretty shitty what they were doing. Yeah, like so, like they're they had two students killed and one attacked. In their high school, and they're making light of it. Like, yeah. So, well, as a professional, I don't think he should say what would be fair is somebody to rip you open and hang you out there for the world to see how ugly your insides are. As a professional, I don't think it's okay. But like as a human, I'm kind of like somebody needed to say it to them before they got out in the real world. And yeah, you know. <laughs> also, Principal Winkler, look inward. <laughs> You're over here wagging your scissors around. You can maybe cut them open. Yeah. He's like also he's that. like snipping them around the entire time too for dramatic effect. And those are some giant fucking scissors. They are. Where the fuck did he get these? Why does he have this giant ass pair of scissors? Like it's not explained. It wasn't a prop that these guys were using. He's just like holding Henry scissors. Winkler just showed up to set with the giant scissors <laughs> and they're like, Hank, what's up? And he goes, Don't worry about it. No, <laughs> Wes is like, Can you please? And he's like, if I drop these, I walk. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, Okay, I guess we'll find a way to make the scissors yeah. work. <laughs> So Sydney and Tatum are talking about Cotton Weary and her mom's rumor. And Tatum's like, you can tell that like this is a thing that Tatum has never approached with Sydney. It's kind of weird that she's, I guess, like had they maybe been talking about it before because maybe uh, Sydney brought it up to Tatum after that initial discussion with Gail. But like if it's unprompted from Tatum, I think it's kind of weird that she would like a day from the anniversary being like, you know, maybe your mom actually did sleep around with a lot of guys. But Tatum does it in a way that like, she's like, you know, your dad was away a lot and I think your mom might've just been really unhappy, which is a lot. It's an emotional maturity that you wouldn't expect from a 17 year old. Yeah, that's true. It's just, it's kind of. But also not what Sydney needed to hear in that particular moment. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So then we get to the video store. Randy and Stu are talking. Um, oh, we completely. We missed the bathroom scene. Yeah. So, yeah. How did we cut down that far? I have no idea. Okay. Um. So, yeah, we missed the bathroom scene. Anomaly. <laughs> Anomaly. <laughs> um. So Sydney's in the bathroom and these mean girls are talking about her mom being a slut mm. and uh, maybe she snapped because, you know, she's dealing with the trauma of her mom's death and blah, 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 blah. And B-b-b- that's what prompts. Billy. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Bye, fam. Billy. <laughs> I think that's part of what prompts Sydney to bring it up with Tatum later. Oh, probably. Um, yeah. So she gets attacked by Ghostface while she's in there. How long was he waiting in that bathroom? That had to have been Stu because this was right after her encounter with Billy. This is a hard one for me to think about because you also have other students doing this shit. 
And this person, I paid attention, they didn't have a knife or a weapon. <laughs> so it could have been like a random student. No, I think the way it was like so calculated you think and like so? he lowered himself into the floor. Like, but yeah, like, how do you, like, that's like, that one right there is kind of like a, what the fuck is this? Because not only that, but she leaves the bathroom and he doesn't. Like, you could just have the security, like, be like, he's in there. There's no way out. I think that this is the second floor of the, like, the school. If he jumps, he's going to break his legs. <laughs> We're going to get, like, a fucking uh, frozen scene there. So what ends up happening is that they've decided to suspend class and there is a town-wide curfew of 9 p.m. So Stu, um, in all of the wisdom of a teenager, says we're going to have a party. Yes. And uh, Tatum says that Sydney's not allowed to leave her sight and they're just going to relax and have a good time. You also pointed out to me that I never noticed that Tatum is dressed like Johnny Depp's character in Nightmare on Elm mm-hmm. Street here. Yeah. That was a cool little thing that I never noticed before. Yep. <laughs> Uh, after hours, the Fonz is, you know, doing his thing where he's like playing, playing with around the mask. The mask yeah. and <laughs> Wes Carpenter. Um, yes, I said that intentionally. I got um, him credit as a. Wait, no, what are you saying? Are you talking about the janitor? Yeah, that's Wes Craven. Uh, uh, yeah, I've got him written down as Craven Kruger. Yeah, yeah, he's wearing his uh, striped sweater and his name's Fred, and he's a janitor. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice little callback. Yeah, but Henry ends up getting attacked when he goes back into his office. Yeah. Um, so then Sydney and Tatum have their talk, and then we cut to the video store. Um, Randy's working. She's He's getting off early because of the curfew, so he's going to be at the party. It is kind of interesting how he is a part of their friend group. I'm... I'm I always question it because he feels out of place. But I feel like he might be friends with Sydney and Tatum and then like Billy and Stu are kind of just there because they're in relationships with the other two because mm-hmm. yeah, I don't feel like they're all friends. I could see that. I feel like he is more of a friend with Stu than he is with Billy. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, because like Stu is actually inviting him to they his house. They both have a similar like manic energy to them. Yeah, I think that they, <laughs> they could like if... If Stu didn't have Billy in his life, him and Randy would have been really, really close. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we've got this whole time where Randy's like, do you think I have a chance with Sydney? And mm-hmm. Stu's like, no, absolutely <laughs> I not. I love his response. He just laughs in his face. <laughs> yeah. And then um, he's like, but Billy, like, he's like, that's in poor taste. Why would you be in the serial killer section after you've just been accused of murder? And then this is, he starts ranting about the formula, people. Very simple formula. And then Billy comes up and he's like, you know, you could be a suspect. And Randy's like, I absolutely agree. Um, and I like that he has self-awareness for it, too, because he's the one over here spouting about the rules of horror movies instead of being in the horror movie section. Yeah. And then uh, Stu has some very gentle earlobe play with Randy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're talking about the motives here. Talking to, like they're wanting to know what the motives would be, and he thinks that um, he calls it right there. He's like, Stu's like, okay, what do you think his motive is? He's like, well, maybe she's not sleeping with him. Yeah, Fucking bingo, that's it. Yeah, that's- but then when he asked Randy what his motive would be, he would be like, you don't need a motive. It's the new millennium. Yeah, exactly. And then Stu's like, ding, ding, ding. Now that's I've me. got my answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. We have a red right hand curfew montage with the town yeah. <laughs> closing up. Um, they have a fun discussion of who would play Sydney in the movie, and they really just uh, 
I love it because it comes back later. She was like, my luck, it'll be Tori Spelling. Yeah. And then they have Tori Spelling playing her later. <laughs> uh, the sheriff tells Dewey that the calls were made by Neil Prescott. And they're still trying to look for him. He's like, so just keep a close eye on Sydney. Don't tell her until we've found her dad. And this whole thing is so funny because the sheriff is smoking a cigarette and he's clearly very stressed out. And Dewey has his little strawberry ice cream cone. (laughs) He's still a little child. Yeah, he's just a little pure boy. (laughs) All right. Um, At this point, it's act three and we have 50 minutes of the movie left. Which shocked me whenever we paused it last night. Yeah, because we're like, it's the party. It's the end of the movie. And we're like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy how much time they spend here. Uh, Okay, so um, Dewey drops off the girls at Stu's and then Gail also pulls up in her van. Mm -hmm. Dewey's going to stay by. Her and Dewey have a little bit flirting. They'd had a moment at the school where she was clearly just like trying to get information from him mm-hmm. via flirting. You know, she was like, how old are you? You look young to be a police officer. And uh, he's like 25. And she goes, mm, uh, studies show that my hit demographic is males between the age of 19 and 24. Bullshit. People that age aren't watching the fucking news. <laughs> well, um, he before he leaves, he was like, Matt, I say you look way prettier in person than you do on TV. And she goes, so you do watch the show. And he's like, I may be 25, but I was 24 for a whole year. <laughs> and I say, you're 23 before that and 22 <laughs> before that and 21 before that. Also, whenever like he gives her his age, he uh, or she says, you don't look a day over 12. And I'm like, that's not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the upper body is what she says, but still like. That's the thing is that with those types of comments, like it's something that can so easily be offensive. Mm -hmm. And I think for him in the field he is, like it's always been a problem. And, you know, she makes a comment about like, oh, does the force require you to work out? And he's like, I feel like I have to to be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And as a younger woman in a professional setting, I've always been like very avoidant telling people my age because like have like customers be like, are you even old enough to work here? And I'll just say, yes, I am. And they'll be like, how old are you? And I'd be like, old enough to work here. Like, I'm not. That's a good answer. Because I don't want, I don't want them to be like, well, I want somebody with more experience or I want somebody more of this, somebody more of that. Like, I know what I'm fucking doing. Mm-hmm. And it's really just, it's really just misogyny that gets it for me because I'm a woman. But yeah. like, for him, I very much see how it's a problem for him. Yeah, I can see it too. Um, and this is a thing that comes up for him again and again and again because he's just, such a sweet little pure boy yeah. that it, nobody takes him seriously. <laughs> I know. That's so sad. But I love him for it. Yeah. And I like that in four, we're going to get a deputy who's just as dopey as him. Yeah, I know. I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, Randy is talking about Jamie Lee Curtis as the classic scream queen yeah because sid finds all of the vhs tapes that they rented for the night and it's the fog prom night and terror train and she's like why is jamie lee curtis in all of these movies because she's amazing sydney calm down i know but she's what do you have against jamie lee she's the scream queen yes so dewey and gail come into the party dewey is very irresponsible he's like you're underage son just kidding go ahead have fun (laughs) don't drive too fast (laughs) not don't drive don't drive too fast. Which <laughs> Be they, careful driving. They do not listen to him later because no! they almost run him over. Yes. 
<laughs> Leave no witnesses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Gail is hiding a camera. Sketchy. During all That's this sketchy. Too. Yeah. Well, she's a serious journalist. She's not an ethical one. That's true. <laughs> so Tatum um, is sent to the garage to get more beer. There's so much beer in this garage. Yeah, and again, another fucking massive house. Where the fuck are his parents? Do you think that they like tied him up? <laughs> but then again, they like he's like acting like his mom doesn't know. He's like, my mom's gonna be so mad. Yeah, I think maybe they're out of town. Maybe I guess that's a weird time to leave town when high schoolers are being slaughtered. You know what I mean? I feel like that's such a theme in like rich kids are involved in scandal and their parents are like that really sucks honey because like i just finished watching one of us is lying on mm -hmm. peacock and like that is one of the characters whole storyline is that her her best friend was murdered and her dad was on tour so she was just home alone dealing with her best friend's murder and then being framed okay i guess i could see that yeah. especially if you're like a wealthy family for yeah. sure yeah so um or, you know, maybe they weren't watching the news and Stu wasn't telling him because he needs to keep on a murdering. I find it hard to believe that people wouldn't know what's going on. <laughs> this doesn't seem like a big town. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So while Tatum's in the garage getting the beers, uh, the door closes. So she's stuck in. So she, like, lists the garage door and she's going to walk out that way. And she gets over to the garage and it starts going back down. She's like, Ugh. turns around. Oh, Ghostface is there. And she's Tatum has the best lines in this movie. She goes, what is this? I spit on your garage. Yeah. <laughs> and then she also gives him the name Ghostface, too. Oh, Mr. Ghostface. Please don't kill me. I want to be in the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is uh, Billy for sure, right? Yeah. Stu's like being the party. Like he's Yeah, like the he's host. being the host. He has to be seen. Right. And the official word is that Billy hasn't been invited because of the, all the shit that went down the night before. So who do you think was the people going around through town chasing? Like, I think it was both of them. You think so? Because like yeah. one of them was at the uh, grocery store when they were getting snacks for the party. And uh, I guess the other one was like watching them when they were talking about... Um, her mom or something because billy and sue were both at the video store later yeah so okay yeah <clears throat> um so she ends up trying to exit she can't get past him so he ends up like cutting her arm to show that he's seriously gonna kill her and mm -hmm. so she tries to get away she can't get through the door because he's like overpowering her because he's not leaving her alive yeah um she manages so, to put up a good fight, though. She does. And then she, she's like, crawling towards the garage door, and she crawls through the cat door. Uh, and I don't know enough about garage door physics. I feel like this wouldn't work, but maybe there weren't such stringent safety rules to garage doors in maybe. 1996. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. They're also rich, so they probably could just do whatever they wanted. As absurd um, as this is, I'm going to let it fly because it's a very entertaining kill. It is. It is. Yeah, so she gets stuck in there, and then he hits the button. She can't get out, and then it just snaps her neck when it gets to the yeah. top and shorts the whole thing out. Yeah. I think that he's impressed that it worked. Yeah, he's like, I, did, I didn't think <laughs> Fuck, that was going to yeah. happen. He's like, I thought the door was going to, like, crash back down. That yeah. would have been more believable, like, that have the door been. just, like, crashing back down to the ground. Just, like, and it, like, smash her face in the, yeah. like, the concrete. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not as fun, though, but more believable. So a lot of people are leaving the party. Not everybody, but like the general like large vibe yeah. of it is over. The the party clears out like three times. <laughs> yeah. Um, just like more people just keep leaving. Yeah. It's like I didn't even know people were still here. Um 
So Sydney's waiting for Tatum, but hasn't seen her. Clearly also hasn't looked that hard. Uh, <laughs> so nobody's getting beers anymore, yeah. apparently. Yeah, apparently nobody. Well, Stu's the one that's like oh, volunteering to get the, the beers, beers for everybody. Europe, yeah. Yeah. Um, Billy pops up and uh, Stu's like, y'all can use my parents' bedroom if you want to talk, whatever. <laughs> and once again, he gets called out for his subtlety. <laughs> And Sydney's like, no, it's okay. We do need to talk. So they go upstairs to talk. Um, we see that there is a camera delay um, between like what is happening versus what they're seeing in the news van with Kenny and Gail. 30 second. Yep. Uh, we see Sid apologizing to Billy. <sighs> yeah, this is stupid. <sighs> eh, like She should have left it at the apology she had earlier. Sorry, my trauma is ruining your perfect existence. Yeah, I don't really understand. I guess it's just high school shit, but like, I don't understand why she feels the need to like still be with him after like the last few interactions she's had. It's and just all been terrible. Why does she propose sex with him? Mm -hmm. Like, why right now? Why right here? I'm so confused by it, especially because she still seems suspicious because afterwards she's like, what did you use your one phone call for? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like. What I this is this is probably the only thing that I really like. I want to know more about what is supposed to be happening in her head in this moment. Yeah, I guess you can say this is bad because I feel like it's just bad decision making on her end. Um, but meanwhile, at the party downstairs, they're watching Halloween. They're watching they're Bob's like, death. And Halloween. yeah, and they're like, uh, "When do we see Jamie Lee's breasts?" And Brandy uh, says, "Not until Trading Places, nineteen eighty six, maybe." Something like that. Um, didn't show her tits till she went legit, which is horribly misogynistic. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, they're like, why not? And so this is where he starts talking about the rules. So basically, um, the original final girl was supposed to be like pure and innocent. Yeah. Um, so no sex. No drinking. No drugs. And you don't say I'll be right back because you're basically jinxing yourself with that. But the funny thing is, in Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis smokes weed. Yeah, <laughs> she, she smokes does. a joint, so yeah. she does drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, it's California, so maybe they don't consider weed to be drugs. They did back in the seventies. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Scream right now. It's Scream in, in the nineties. No, it's still a fucking drug. I don't know. There are a lot of hippies in California. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, people smoked weed in every state. Like, it's a mindset no matter where you go. But, like, legally, nah. That's just, just drugs. Anyway, um, Stu backs out because he says, I'm going to get a drink. I'll be right, be right back. I always feel like I'm doing the voice of, like, welcome to the world of tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. The captions have it as imitates zombie, <laughs> which I don't I, really get that. That I get... is not my favorite caption of this movie. We will get to my favorite caption of the movie uh, in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I wrote down the caption and then I wrote down what I would have phonetically written out if I was in charge of I the captions. I can't I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dewey and Gail are investigating a car that was abandoned in some bushes. So they're just going for a nice little walk. He proposes the walk. He and says it's so nice out. This is like the first time where you're like, like if you were watching this for the first time, it's like, is Dewey the killer? Because if somebody just like, he's like, hey, there's a car in the ditch. Come with me. And they kind of like hey, make him seem sinister here. There's a car. It's out in some woods. Mm -hmm. 
Do you want to take a walk? I know it's nighttime, but the weather's nice. We can get some time alone. Just you and me. Get to know each other. My nice little 12-year-old body. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot legally say that, Travis. <laughs> okay. Um. So we have like intercuts between um halloween happening on screen downstairs and sydney and billy having sex i feel like this is super effective because like you're getting this movie play out but you're getting halloween score yes and it's amazing i also want to point out that even though billy is so so fucking horny he still lasts longer than judith meyer's boyfriend yeah i think they (laughs) they had more warm-up time um so they get a call that Himbri is dead and has been strung up from a goalpost. So these idiot teenagers, two of whom are the ones that were in trouble earlier. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you caught that. I but did they, not. Yeah, they were part of that group that was still so there. So they probably led the charge. They're like, yeah. fuck that guy. He yeah. expelled us. Yeah, we need to go see his body before they take it down, which who called it? Who called that? Like, what is happening? What is happening that they think that the body is still up there, but they're already getting news of his murder? I don't know. Yeah, it, it, maybe this is think, kind of. Do you think Stu called like from the garage or something to get everybody out of the house? It could have been. You know what? That's a good point. It could have been him. Um. So as they're driving, they almost hit Gail and Dewey, who like have to duck out. Oh no, we landed on top of each other. Yeah. We're gonna flirt <laughs> a little bit. But then they see a car, the car they're looking for, and it's Sydney's dad's. Yeah. Um, so we get some postquital talk about um the justice system and how you get a free call. And Billy's like, "Do you still don't think it was me? Do you?" Um, and she's like, "No, I'm just saying. Like, it'd be really, you know, clever." Well, she called him out. She's like, "Who did you call?" And he's like, "My dad." And she's like, "No, that's not right. They said that the cop called your dad." And he's like, and "Yeah, but like, when yeah. I called, didn't get an answer." Which doesn't make any sense because it would have been from the same number. I know, right? <laughs> like he, he tries to make him sound like, "Oh, poor little Billy, his dad hates him," but like, um. So as they're kind of like arguing a little bit, Ghostface appears. Billy turns to face him, and then, oh man, he turns back around. He's all bloody. Uh, he falls down. Sydney runs out the bedroom, and she's chased and. Um, the ghost face knows the layout of this house really well, which is impressive because it's basically a castle. Yeah. Um, and she ends up like she has gotten herself stuck in one room that doesn't have any other outlet besides a window. And she's trying to carefully climb out. But Ghostface comes up there and she's like fighting him. And then, you know, do that thing like when you're playing tug of war with a dog and like you're like tugging really hard. But then you let go and they're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. basically does that. But luckily, because Stu's rich. He falls. She falls onto his parents' boat. Fucking boat. Yeah. <laughs> lucky break there. That just still hurts. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure she was not feeling good. Yeah. So Ghostface goes downstairs, and Jamie is still. He's the only one at the party, but he's so it's into his Halloween. party. Yeah. 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 He's making his own thing. He's watching he's like, the scene Jamie, with Jamie. Jamie. Yeah. So, right behind you, Jamie. Which is, I wonder if this was in the script or if they like added it. 
It feels like when they cast Jamie Kennedy. Like I want to know. Too, it feels like pure coincidence to it's me, so but it's perfect. perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's like just the stars aligning for this one moment. They picked the perfect scene for it. Yeah. So Sydney is like she runs over to the news van because that's the only vehicle left, and Kenny is there, and he is like not using his english words um to tell her what's going on and so he's like come on 30 second delay and he's like watching the screen then watching the front door and she's like what is happening can we drive can we go what are you doing yeah because what he's seeing is the ghost face standing behind randy and then he looks at the front door and it's open yeah it doesn't take 30 seconds to cross that far no it does not which we find out very quickly because Kenny gets a stabbed. A stabbed. A stabbed. And Cindy manages to run away. She has been stabbed in the shoulder, though. So she is not. She, she's fallen out a window. She's been stabbed in the shoulder. Um, she just lost her virginity to her greasy boyfriend, who then probably got murdered in front of her. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's been a really weird day for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So. Um, she's back inside the house. And, uh, well, Dewey's inside the house. Right. He's trying yeah. to investigate. Dewey and Gail come back. Dewey goes into the house, and Gail is going to the van because she's going to try and call the police. Mm-hmm. Um, Dewey um, gets stabbed in the back. Yeah. Um, and Gail, as she, like, she notices that um, there's blood all over the windshield, and when she tries to drive, like, Kenny falls down. So uh, Sydney... Runs over to the van, um, and they try to drive away. She ends up, or she sees Randy, get, yeah, and then takes like the phone and starts smashing him yeah. in the face, yes. And then she tries to drive off, but like freaks out and drives into the trees. Yeah, she sees Sydney in the road because Sydney's yeah. running after her. So that's what happens. So then Sydney runs back to the house. This is where she finds that Dewey's been stabbed in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so she runs over to his car, but doesn't have the keys. Ghostface has the keys. Mm. So this is like a tense moment because she was like trying to keep the doors locked. She can't drive anywhere. She ends up calling on the radio, like giving the address. And she was like, please send people here. I'm going to be murdered. It's a bad time. Um, She ends up running to the house. She grabs Dewey's gun. And Randy is like, Sydney, let me in. And then Sue's like, Sydney, let me in. (laughs) And she goes, fuck you both. Closes the door. Right call. That's it the right is. call. Sucks for uh, Randy, but you know. I wish we I could have it. seen what was happening out there because Randy goes, "No, he's gone crazy. Stu's gone crazy." Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't take that moment to kill Randy. Yeah. Uh, okay, and this is when, uh, so she's back inside. Billy rolls down the stairs. So dramatically. Yeah. <laughs> like this could have gone really badly for him. He must be a professional stuntman. Because what if he's he had been... broken his own neck and then he couldn't carry out his elaborate revenge plot? After all of the falling down that he's done already in this movie as Ghostface, he's like a professional now. He knows how to land the right way. <laughs> but he gets in there and then she's uh trying to like catch him up on everything and then Randy comes in. And Billy shoots him. Yep. And he says, we all go a little mad sometimes. And she's like, wait, what? And then Stu comes in. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I'm also a killer. Because he's got the little voice changer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they're talking about all their plans. And then uh, he says, Bagow! 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 <laughs> <laughs> the captions just uh, put it in brackets, imitates gunshot. <laughs> to which I say, did he? <laughs> Yeah, 
A certain type, not the kind that he has. He does not have a bagal gun. A bagal. A bagal. A bagal. I want the gabagal. Dude, that's all I could think of last time you said that. Um. So they're talking about motives, and they're like, maybe it's scarier with no motives. And then uh, Billy is like, but if you have to have one, maybe your mom was a slut who broke up my uh, my dad. She home my, my family, the Loomis family. Um, so now we're going to kill you, frame your dad, um, you know, we'll be the two survivors. So they start taking turns stabbing each other. Yeah. And uh, they get, it, they, it immediately gets out of hand. Well, these two, like, they're they, not biologists. They're stuntmen. Well, not only. Yeah. they're not, <laughs> And they don't have Kane Hodder there to yeah. make sure things are going right. <laughs> but like they... They get like it becomes like a little thing because like one stabs the other a little bit too much because it's more painful than they expected. It's a fucking stab, so it's gonna yeah. hurt. Expect that. And why are you still using your hunting knife? Like, go grab the paring knife out of your parents' knife block. Yeah, because like, you I, can't go any farther than that with it. These guys are not smart. No. But they keep stabbing each other. It becomes like a little competition because they're just like mm-hmm. they're they're mad at each other for stabbing each other more. Like the previous time and Billy starts to go crazy and starts like straight up slashing Stu. Yeah, and then they notice that the gun is gone. And it's cuz Gail's there. Yeah, Stu's and, getting a little woozy here. And she's getting ready to shoot him and he's like I'm not scared of you and it's because she didn't have the safety on, so he like knocks her out and he's going to shoot her and then Stu goes uh and Billy's like who <sighs> said we got a problem here? And it's because Sydney and her dad are gone. Mm-hmm. They disappeared. And then they get a phone call. Mm-hmm. And she's got the voice changer now, and she's playing the games with him. I love that it's Stu that picks up the phone because he's like delirious from the blood yeah. loss. Yeah, well, Billy like picks it up, but then he hands it to Stu, and he's just like, you just talk to her. <laughs> and then, she's like, uh, "What? I-, I know Billy's motive. What's yours? He's like, peer pressure. I'm really sensitive. <laughs> yeah, and then... Uh, He's like, did you really call the police? And she's <laughs> like, you bet your sorry ass I did. And she's like, oh, my mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. <laughs> and in classic Matthew Lillard fashion, he is drooling all over the place. Uh, he loves his drool. He is drooling so hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Billy kind of figures out that she's probably in the closet, and he opens it up. And she stabs him with an umbrella. Yep. Which I think is fun. Um, I don't know why she took the time to put on the ghost face costume. Uh, just for dramatic effect. Because, like, what if the police had pulled up right then? Yeah, right. Then, like, they it she works for them. Super suspicious. What if Dewey, like, actually just managed? Because he's alive and he just, like looks over. He's like, "Oh, it's you." Yeah. <laughs> um. So, um, she fights Stu a little bit, and he's like, "I always had a thing for you, Sid." And she says, "In your dreams," and then knocks the TV onto his face, and people are like, "He could have survived that." Yeah, yeah, goes full. It's prime time, bitch. Like yeah. you mentioned, mm-hmm. it is prime time, bitch. Yeah. Um, Sid stabs Billy. Uh, wait, no, I'm rereading the same line I already mm-hmm. wrote. Um, Randy. He no, shows wait, back where up. Where am I at? Jesus. No, no, yeah, throws the TV. Kills on him with Stu. the TV. Okay. Randy shows back up. And then Gail has the gun, and she has the safety off this time, and, and shoots like, Billy. Mm-hmm. And Randy's like, this would be the moment that her supposedly dead killer jumps back up for one final scare, which Billy does, and Sydney shoots him right between the eyeballs. I feel like it was a bad move on Billy's part, 
to yeah. do that because he could have gotten away with it for a little bit longer. But yeah. like whenever Randy said that, he's like, shit, he's right. I got to do it. Yeah. I, I got no choice. I, this is a horror movie. Because like what he said before, Sydney was trying to tell him, well, this isn't a fucking movie. And he's like, yes, it is. Life is one big movie. This guy is just like fucking cringe on Willis here. Yeah. Um, the police and EMTs finally arrive and they're carrying Dewey away. We see he's still alive. And uh, Gail pulls somebody to the side to record her so she can give the, the breaking story. Yeah. And then that's the credits. I'm keeping it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, sure. Like, it's fucking, it's a 10. It's, there. there's nothing to change with it. Like, there is it's, not. I mean, we had a couple of suggestions here and there, but like, really, it's, it's about as perfect a movie as you can get. Yeah, I agree. Um, Talia attacked the couch right as it started. Mm-hmm. She threw one of her classic Talia pillow tantrums. Um, she sleep barked right at the party time. She was like ready for it. Yeah. She was into it. Talia also gives us a 10 out of 10, especially because we hear dogs. None of them get murdered. That's always a plus. Yes. Definitely. And Zoe was there with us the whole time, too. She is into this movie, even though She's... there's no... We told her, wait for Scream 3. You'll get yeah, your explosion yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, explosions there. Uh, okay. Um, who did you relate to? <sighs> hmm. I think I probably... Well, honestly, I just went on a whole rant about how I relate to Dewey being not taken seriously. Oh, yeah. At I guess times that's true. Because I look look younger than yeah. people want me to be. Um Okay. Um I will relate to Casey Becker for the simple fact that Halloween's my favorite horror movie. Okay. My favorite scary movie. Okay. Uh, let's both be honest with ourselves. We're both Randy. Yeah, well, now <laughs> I, I think every horror fan Randy is like the viewer. Yeah. put into the movie, which is kind of cool. So I feel like Randy's kind of a cop out. The audience insert. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do we have an alternate? Tan- uh, I almost said tan line. Do we have an alternate tagline? Alternate tagline for this? I think the one that you had before. Um, um, movies don't create killers. Movies make killers more creative. Yeah. I mean, it's not like funny, but I think that like really that's a fucking good tagline. I it's it's a beautiful like line. It's well written. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. All right. I. Have an IMDb review. Okay. And no dream sequel because it's franchise. Yeah. Because it's franchise. No dream sequel. Um, I found a one out of ten. Oh, no. And I tried not to find somebody that just doesn't like scary movies because there was a couple mm. people that were just like, well, what the fuck would you watch it then? Let's examine the facts. What this movie was really about is greed. Above all else, Wes Craven's sick and horrific fascination with intensely graphic images of human guttings and dismemberment is truly shocking. He tries to sugarcoat its stench with a little humor mixed with it. He knows that it makes it more palatable. He markets this dangerous mixture to impressionable youth not caring about the consequences, not caring that the human mind, especially a young mind, becomes desensitized to violence the more it's exposed to it. He wants this movie to be cool and be seen over and over. He knows he can achieve this by making it extremely violent and horrific. Rebellious youth will flock to it. They do, and he succeeds, not caring who he is harming as long as he's getting rich. That's practically the definition of evil, if you ask me. 
Does this person just like go to all of Wes Craven's movies and tell people <laughs> why he sucks? I Have they seen I Spit on Your Grave? Well, they oh, wait, do. No, that's not what he did. He did Last House on the Left. They do say they do say later on in the review, I'm not a fascist, nor am I a religious right wing Republican in favor of censorship. It's just this type of garbage should not be made. What year was that um, reviewed? I'm curious. Mm, I don't know. I like, didn't screenshot that part of it. Okay, because like what you were saying before, like if this is around the time that this came out, then like I guess this was kind of gory for that time. But like looking at it now, it doesn't really feel over the top in any way whatsoever. Yeah. So I think that. And I mean, there is this whole big scare of like violence on TV and looking at the psychological impacts of that. I don't think this is something that should be discussed in the review section of IMDb. Well, I mean, if people think it's like a legit criticism, you know, I can understand it. Like I it's kind of like. It's touched on in the movie itself. It doesn't create killers. Like I mean, there definitely is a desensitization aspect to it. Yeah, there is. You know, is. the more you're exposed to it, the more you are desensitized to it. However, um, it's such a more nuanced discussion than that. And that's what I mean by, like, I don't think this is the right venue to have that conversation. Yeah. So I could see, like, I mean, you can like scary movies and not like extreme gore. So I think that, and you and I take it for granted. I don't think either of us has particularly thought of this as a gory movie. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when you do look at some of the other movies around this time, maybe it is. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. I I mean, I don't know. I guess it really just kind of depends. Because, like, even, like, now, like... You can have like scary movies without people dying, but I don't think that having that type of like action in a horror movie is a bad thing. I think that that's just not your bag for horror. And I don't know. I it's kind of. Uh, I think also there's a lot of rage involved in what they're doing, what the killers in this movie are doing, and I think sometimes it's good to show the graphicness of that kind of violence yeah i don't feel like it's glorifying it um yeah and i don't think it's like really inspiring anything either and especially because this movie is meant to be doing a commentary on the genre yeah you know what i mean like yeah so yeah it's it's a weird way it's a weird take on this movie but you know and i think that's also kind of you know if if like Take Halloween, for example. Not necessarily a ton of on-screen gore. Yeah, that's that's true. It's very light on it. So then we take this movie where it's not a movie. This is real life, you know, as the characters keep saying. And then they constantly reference things like Halloween. But we're seeing a lot more of the gore. And I think it's kind of like... Yeah, you do. This is the side you don't see in movies. You, you know, and actually thinking about it, like in the opening, like you see somebody's like guts get like... They fall out of them. Yeah. Which that is pretty gory. Yeah. Now that I think about it's, it. It's very graphic. But again, we are from an era where this like became kind of mainstream. Don't go on the internet today. And it'll... like maybe it did desensitize us to seeing it on screen, but... Uh, it, it doesn't do anything in real life. Yeah, like if I saw somebody get stabbed in front of me, I would probably react like, "Oh Jesus, what the fuck?" Call nine one one. Put the knife down, sir. Like or ma'am. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who's doing the stabbing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, 
again, it's a very nuanced conversation. It is, yeah. So we have listener reviews. Yeah, we got some. <laughs> okay. Let's uh, start off on Twitter. Okay. So first off, I have Chad. Okay. He says, a perfect film in every way, shape, and form. Sounds cliche, but I've always loved this movie, and it just gets better with age. Can watch it anytime with zero qualms. Also, one of the single best openings ever, but the third act is somehow even better. One of the tightest scripts to ever be written. I agree on every single point. I agree, too. I think that the opening is the strongest point of this movie. It's hard to beat that, but everything else that follows is pretty close to being on par. So, yeah. Um, Aquile Boobs says, That opening scene, fucking modern classic, had you had you wondering who's dying next and second-guessing who was the killer and why. Just a great fucking slasher. It was awesome witnessing the birth of this dope franchise back in the day. Dude, I can only imagine. I'm jealous that people got to like go to theaters and see this. Yeah. But then again, like we got that like it's another classic experience of getting to rent it on VHS. You know, I fucking miss movie stores. I I, I could not think about that anytime I saw like Randy at work. I know. It's just like man, that's just some good times. I I miss it so much. Okay, over to Instagram. Tucker says, It's a scream, baby. A perfect love letter to the slasher genre and the beginning of a beautiful film series. Awesome kills from front to back, the garage kill being a highlight. Every actor gives 100%, with Matthew Lillard, the undisputed champion. Rest in peace, Wes Craven, and 10 out of 10. All right. Well said. I, again, I agree on you think, all points. Do you think this. Matthew Lillard wins best actor in the movie? I think he definitely steals every scene he's in. I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard, man. Everybody they're, does so they're good. They're all really solid. Yeah. It, it's But he's probably the most fun to watch on screen. And the final one we have. Oh, wait, no, never mind. It's not the final. Uh, okay. Next we have Michael Lee Howard says having watched scream opening weekend i remember being blindsided by the opening the rest of the movie kept me on edge on the edge of my seat i have rewatched it several times and it is sheer perfection the cast gets everything right the screenplay is perfection wes craven's direction was the perfect answer to the genre at the time the sequels have all had moments but no one can beat the amazingness of the original 10 out of 10 all right and uh we'll end it on maybe one that maybe a little bit more of a controversial okay. one. Okay, I'm but, here to I'm here to hear other opinions. So we have Robert Atone. Okay, he says probably has done more damage to the genre as a whole, but I liked it a lot as a kid. Okay, Robert. Once again, I am asking you to please expand upon your review. I am very curious to hear more about yeah. that. Also, I think what I I wonder am if he thinking, means like it's become like a cliche to be meta. That's what I'm thinking. I'm that. thinking like. It spawns so many scream like because like that's kind of like a like a little subgenre of itself now. You can be yeah. like it's scream like slasher. Yeah. And a lot of movies not able to pull it off as well as Scream has. So I can see how that could be frustrating as a horror fan. But you know, I, yeah, I'm curious to know. Okay. What he has to say about that. But yeah, that's our reviews. All right. Okay. So next week is actually the start of a new month, and we don't know. Uh, yeah, we don't know what we're going to talk about. The way the calendar is laid out, it still is very much closer to the middle of February. So we haven't started our March calendar yet. Yeah, it's weird. February um, just kind of ends abruptly yeah. always. So. Yeah, 
Um, So, you know, just keep an eye on our social media for our March calendar and we'll post where to watch like we always do. So you can Um, find us on Instagram, Least Favorites Grand Maybe Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Least Fave Pod. Um, You can, by the way, look forward to a Patreon episode this month at least. Yes. So that will be coming up soon for all of our patrons. If you, well, no. Or all of our budget tier yeah, budget tier patrons. patrons. Yeah, you will have. We'll get that. a bonus episode soon. Where it's uh, we're gonna play a game. Yeah, gonna play uh, a game. Gonna play a game, um, much like Jigsaw and Ghostface before him. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a horror. Would you rather? Yeah. So we're gonna ask each other questions. Yep. Um, that's coming up soon. Maybe already posted by the time this comes out. Possibly. Possibly. Just be on the lookout. Yeah. Just check. Yeah, it's there. Um, if you wanna support us through patreon that's always appreciated and you would be joining the, the likes of eric and vivi of shaken not scared podcast joe mm-hmm. as is his full name amber and michael yeah um if you want to show your support in other ways we always appreciate that and you can do that by rating reviewing and subscribing to us sharing us with your friends your family um the annoying kid down the hall who like never shuts up past bedtime especially like, him yeah um so, yeah. Uh, am I forgetting something else? No, I think that's got it. Okay. Did I get everything? I think so. I think you okay. got all of our socials. All right. Least Faith Pod, Least yeah. Favorite Scary Movie at gmail.com. Oh, our website is what's your least favorite scary movie.com. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. All yeah. right. All right. You know where to find us. Yep. Until next time. Bye. Bye. certain rules one must abide by in order to success <laughs> okay that's good you can do it. <laughs> there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to god damn it <laughs> you got this you got this you got this come on <laughs> this, this is the outtake <laughs> okay